Hello, this is Pastor Luke, and you are listening to the Living Hope Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. Our mission is to grow disciples and multiply churches who will glorify God and transform communities. For more information about our church, please visit our website at livinghopehenderson.com. timeless truth that nothing is better than you and God it will be our privilege and our delight uh, to sing that for all eternity Lord this morning we come before you uh, humbly uh, with open minds with open hearts asking that you speak to us this morning we love you Jesus in your name amen you may be seated This morning's a fun morning. We have a guest speaker. Heidi Queering is going to be here, or is here, and is going to be sharing. And um, I know that she'll unpack a little bit of her story a little bit more, uh, but Heidi works for Multiply. So as a denomination, we have a mission-sending agency that serves the Mennonite Brethren churches in both Canada and the U.S., and that's Multiply. And, um, And so I reached out to Heidi. I don't know if it was summer or fall, but I was like, we like missions, pick a day. And uh, today is that day. And so she's here and going to share some of that a little bit. I know some of you know Heidi really well, like really, really well. Um, But some of you might not. Um, I actually got first got to know Heidi up in Abbotsford, British Columbia back in 2010. She signed up for the Trek program that I was leading at that point. And so she came up and had a couple months of training and orientation and then got put on the Portugal team. And I was able to to go visit her team in Portugal, which was neat. However, she was locked away in her room with, was it scarlet fever? Yeah, scarlet fever, which, uh, whatever. And um, so I had a great time with the rest of her team. And uh, and then our paths have just kind of uh, crossed here and there. Uh, She really grew up in this church. Her father was pastor here uh, in the late 80s up until, uh, I think it was 96. And so some of you were here for that and will remember uh, Heidi and, and some of those early days, and so now she is based out of Hillsborough and, and working with Multiply. So it's uh, a neat treat to have her here today. So Heidi, why don't you come on up? I'm going to pray for you, and then the morning is yours, and we're excited to hear about what's going on around the world and with missions and, and with Multiply. Thank so. you. Heavenly Father, I do pray for Heidi as she speaks and shares this morning, Lord, that um, by your word and by your Holy Spirit, that you would speak through her and that you would be speaking to each one of us. God, what a privilege that in um, kind of our small, unique way that, that we still get to be engaged in, in international missions. And um, yeah, that is, a, that is a privilege and a delight and one that we never want to take for granted. We love you and we worship you. In your name, amen. Thanks, Luke. Yeah, it's always good to come home. This is definitely one of my uh, many homes, and it's very dear to me, as some of you were my Sunday school teachers, and again, just poured into my family, uh, which has, uh, yeah, been something that's been really impactful. Uh, this is an interesting thing. So my, my dad actually, and they all say hello, of course, my parents send them greetings, so we'll do that up here. Uh, a year ago, my dad actually gave me the annual report from 1996 of this church. And so I looked at it, and I was like, wow, there's some interesting things. So as Loretta, as you were talking about repainting the siding, that, like, in 96 is when the family center was, like, commissioned. And I actually read something pretty cool about what my dad wrote in there. I wasn't going to share about this. Uh, but he was just like, 
as the Family Center gets used, may it be used for community like outreach events and may it be a place where people um, are drawn uh, basically to Jesus, but may that be something that's not just kept for the church, but for community. Uh, and I definitely see that being used um, as I see pictures and videos of the different ways that you reach out to the community and how the Family Center is one, one way uh, that, that that gets done. Um, so yeah, that's fun, fun for me, but this is definitely a place that I really am just honored to come back to uh, and come and share with you the ways in which uh, the kingdom is advancing around the world and even here in the U.S., um, because it is, and it's something that we all get to partner with. So I love our Multiply tagline, together that the world may know Jesus. Uh, and the word together is something that really um, sticks out to me uh, because it's, it's about the body of Christ coming together to use our gifts to make his name known. It's not supposed to be something we do on our own, but we actually need everyone collectively living out the Great Commission. Um, and when we do that, people notice, people are impacted uh, for Jesus. And so, um, yeah, that's something I can get, get behind. Um, this next slide, I just want to introduce the team that I'm part of. Uh, this is the East of the Rockies team. We just named ourselves this year. We used to be called the Midwest team, but that wasn't really giving a clear picture of, of what regions we represent here uh, in the U.S. So Stephen Humber is on the executive team, and he's also a regional mobilizer. He's based out of Denver, Colorado, but there's times during the year when our team gets together to do events, to plan out the year. Um, so this was actually in Wichita just last week. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a good time to be together. And then there's myself, Brielle Lowen. She works with me in our Hillsborough office. She's our admin, and she kind of keeps us together with um, everything that we've got going on. Um, so we're thankful for her. And then uh, Joanna Chapa is our newest member, uh, a dear friend of mine. We went to college together. And what's cool, and it's just something that I continue to pay attention to, how God continues to bring people together and how lives intersect. Joanna was actually on a Trek team, too, that Luke uh, uh, was a part of training and equipping. And Joanna was a missionary for a time in Peru, where I was a missionary in Peru for a time. And I reached out to her one of the years that I was there, and I said, hey, you sing, you know how to lead worship teams. I want you to come and lead a worship team of Tabor students. And she did, and it actually ended up impacting her so much that she felt the Lord inviting her to come back um, for a season um, and live in Peru. And then she got to be a part of sending teams uh, to Peru or being a part of receiving teams. Um, and Taylor Queering was one and was impacted greatly by her and Stacy. Sorry, not queering. You're, laying, you're, you're like married now, but you know. And so it's just like, wow, like, Lord, like, you are up to something. Like, when lives get impacted for the kingdom, like, there's a chain reaction, and it, it matters, and it makes, it makes a difference. And so it's just cool that, and Allie Pankritz was one, too, uh, that was on a team um, in Peru and was highly impacted. And now she's in uh, Utah uh, making a difference there. And so it's just like, wow. Uh, Jesus, I know that you, just because I see those examples, there's more of that, um, of what he's doing around the world. Um, so I just wanted to kind of introduce a few of the missionaries that are sent specifically from our East of the Rockies region. Uh, some of them you might even know. Uh, and they represent nine different countries where we um, have them. And uh, it's just fun to get to hear stories from them uh, when they come through Hillsborough or connecting with them, sending uh, teams to them. And some of you uh, even support them. So there's uh, Sarah and Ott and then the Ragus family. 
And I just want to encourage you guys, um, it matters how much you stay connected to your missionaries. Um, letters are great, but having an opportunity to go onto their turf to see uh, the ministries that they're a part of, the lives that are being impacted, it actually kind of like kickstarts um, like your prayer life in a deeper way uh, when you can go and see the things that they're a part of. So if you guys have opportunities to go, I would encourage you uh, to go. And then something that I do with Multiply is we like to work with our church leaders and provide training so that our teams that go, they kind of have some cultural sensitivity, but also just some good spiritual training before they go and enter into a culture that's not their own. Uh, it's just important that we come under uh, the things that God are doing instead of bringing our agenda, um, but that we come in with a humble heart uh, to learn and, and receive what it is that God's doing. So I hope that's something that some of you can maybe be a part of in the future. Uh, other places that our missionaries, uh, here's a list of other places our missionaries are serving around the world. We have about 75 uh, missionaries that are sent from North America to these countries. And then there's some other um, restricted access uh, countries that we're not even able to, to say out loud because um, of the persecution that's been happening there. And so we even have missionaries, um, we have other missionaries that are in those places uh, as well. So multiply what we're about. We're about sending out missionaries, partnering with nationals, and helping disciples multiply. And I love those three things because they're pretty easy to remember. Uh, we've been about the Great Commission for a while. Um, it's given to all disciples for all times. It includes disciples in North America in the 21st century, and we celebrate that the global church is stepping up to take her rightful place in God's mission. And yet, North Americans should, uh, and yet 40% of the world's 8 billion people do not still do not have um, a Christian witness. So there's still people in the world that have yet to hear even the name of Jesus, let alone what Jesus has done for them. Uh, and so the message is still the same, to send. Uh, we're committed to equipping and sending North Americans into global mission. And as we send, we look for invitations and assignments where we can come alongside, where we can do some equipping and mentoring. Um, sometimes we provide some administrative support to national leaders, and we work alongside the local church so that they too can reach the unreached places that they're having influence in. Um, as we partner with nationals, um, the mission of God is, to be, is too big and too important for us to engage without partnership. Uh, we believe partnering with nationals as they lead the local expression of the church. Um, we seek to honor God, what God is already doing through local believers, and to support them and their vision for reaching the lost people in their nations. So as I share stories, you'll hear, you'll hear ways in which our North American missionaries are coming alongside to support the nationals in the work that God has called them to. And we've just seen that that works better uh, when we just engage with the things that are already happening. Um, and when we take on um, the heart of Jesus to serve them, um, we don't want to be the director or the owner, but we just want to serve and see ways in which the gospel can be furthered. And then helping disciples multiply. In Jesus' upside-down kingdom, everyday disciples are central to his multiplying mission. Fast-growing movements are organic um, or organic grassroots and light on their feet. They are typically not encumbered by hierarchical, wow, that's a hard word, um, leadership structures, administrative protocol, or facility-oriented programs. 
Movements are guided primarily by the Holy Spirit through groups of people who are living out their core values, exercising habits of the heart, and embracing a shared vision and a preferred future. Um, and so it's something, too, that all of our churches can do. Even here in North America, we encourage our churches to be about disciple-making in the churches and in the areas that you guys are at. Um, and even what we're seeing is that the people that are having the most influence in some of these movements are pe like ordinary people, people that don't have a seminary degree, people that have hardly any education. Um, and what they're doing are simple practices that anyone can do. They're having meals with people, they're listening to their stories, and they're sharing the good news of Jesus in really practical ways because God's mission is for all of us uh, to go and be a part of. Uh, and so it's been fun to, to see that happening. Uh, and then one of the things that I get to do is to be a part of our mission training programs. Um, there's a list behind me of some of our, our programs that we have um, in the ways uh, in which we send teams out to where either our national workers are or where our missionaries are, and we partner alongside of them. So this coming summer, we're going to be sending uh, a group uh, to Guadalajara, Mexico, to hopefully Pantong, Thailand. Uh, this is where some other missionaries, not where Sarah and Ott are particularly, but uh, working alongside the ministries that are already happening, um, encouraging them, uh, and just meeting with people to hear stories of the ways in which God is at work. Um, and then we're sending a team um, to Saudi Arabia. Uh, we're hoping uh, that, yeah, the gospel is continuing to spread and lives are being changed. Um, and so I just want to share a little video clip um, and before I share it, um, it's actually a video that we're not supposed to, to share um, today, was to share stories in which the kingdom of God is at work around the world. So I'm going to be sharing, I'm going to be reading, I'm going to be sharing some videos. And my hope and my prayer has been, as I prepare for this week, that they wouldn't just be stories that you're like, oh, that's a, that's a really good story. Uh, that, that, that made me feel good, or that just made me feel good, that God's at work. Like, I hope that it actually takes us a step deeper. Uh, I hope it's something that even creates something, maybe even some discontent. Uh, maybe um, your wheels are turning. Like, I've even just prayed that the Holy Spirit would just create uh, new opportunities for living hope, that there would be creativity that spurred um, in how living hope can be about um, creating, uh, making disciples uh, and new ways of connecting with people. Uh, and so I pray that these stories like spur something on to one, pray more for our missionaries, pray for the work that God's doing, because all of us um, have a role to play in this. And so that's my hope as we, uh, yeah, are together uh, just listening to stories. So I've got uh, another story I want to share. We're going to focus on Thailand. And as you listen, I just want you to, the question I want to leave you with is what is the invitation? Um, what do you notice? Uh, and then we'll we'll move on to hearing more about Thailand. So go ahead and play that one. So we knew missionaries who lived here and who lived and breathed and walked this place, ate the food, and they basically reached out for help. They're like, we need more followers of Jesus here. Like, would you specifically come? It took me a whole 30 seconds to make that decision. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm not doing anything else for the rest of my life. Like, that sounds good. I'd say it's challenging because many Thai people, they work really hard, and so they, they work six or seven days a week. 
10 to 12 hours a day. I have to go into their world, go into their shop, go to their market, go to their store, go to their barber shop, and connect with them at their place of business or on their level. And then look for opportunities to kind of invite them into our world and kind of be invited into their world and also have them help us. This is their country and we need a lot of help. You know when Jesus talks about us being brothers and sisters and you know and uncles and grandparents, I, I never truly, I think, understood it to the depth that I do living in Thailand because I experience it here. Like the Thai grandmothers and grandfathers here, they're my, they're my grandfather and grandmothers, right? Aunts and uncles here, they're my aunts and uncles. They are my family and we live like family. In one sense, the family is far away in the States and in another sense, uh, family is here in Thailand. It's an incredible honor. I feel very thankful and grateful to be here. You know, many people in Thailand work very hard. They desire peace. They, they really want rest for their bodies, but also rest and peace for their souls. And I know that I have never found it anywhere else except for Jesus. And that's something that um, I want to offer to them. I feel very honored that we have many people and groups and churches that are behind us, like a small army of people behind us. And I would say that the, the motivation, the reason why I continue to get out of bed and continue to press forward and put, put one foot in front of the other is so that uh, the people of Thailand would know, love, trust, and follow Jesus. Yeah, that's my good friend Cecil and his wife Tracy. And uh, what I loved about what Cecil said was he goes into their places of work. He doesn't wait to create a time for them to come uh, because they work all the time. So he is finding ways to go into their place of work to just minister to them. And it's, it's, it matters. It's making a difference. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just thankful for his obedience. Uh, and I think my favorite line of his was, uh, yeah, I'm not doing anything for the rest of my life, so, like, why wouldn't I go? I'm like, man, that just sounds so easy. And they have, like, two boys, and they, like, moved their whole family over there. Uh, so, yeah, God, God is doing some neat things. So I just wanted to read uh, a testimony. Um, Carmen Owen is a, is a dear friend, and uh, she wanted uh, me to share just ways in which God's been at work um, with the ministry that she's a part of called Naomi House. So she says, on behalf of Multiply, we would like to express our heartfelt gratitude. I think there's some pictures. You can show the next pictures um, of some of that event um, there. There you go. Um, of our, our heartfelt gratitude to you for supporting the work in Southeast Asia. Your financial generosity and prayers enabled the Naomi House team in Chiang Mai to host a Christmas outreach event. Presenting gifts and sharing the good news of salvation. Multiply's national partner, Siriwan, with her team from Naomi House, were able to host the outreach event at a community Buddhist school. 450 people heard the gospel for the very first time through this outreach. And we're so thankful for the partners who came alongside in prayer and love through the gift guides to support this event. Six people responded to the gospel and put their faith in Jesus, including the mayor's assistant the school maintenance director, and the village headmother. Siriwan said that so many people had questions and were hungry for more of Jesus. Years ago, the principal rejected us when we approached him about starting a Bible club after school. And during the outreach, he shared about the first encounter and how Siriwan's persistence and love for the school and community has impacted him. 
He shared how it was an honor for his school to be hosting the first ever Christmas outreach. He explained how he's been deeply impacted by the Naomi House families. He has a son who is bound to a wheelchair and asked if his son could even join the youth activities and hear the good stories that were being shared at this Christmas event. And I was just like, wow, God, like, yeah, just persistence in prayer, showing up, uh, and you do some pretty big things. Like, when the mayor gives his life to Jesus, that, like, shifts things. Um, because if the mayor did, then he's got that much more impact on his community if they see him following Jesus. Uh, and so they're going after those high officials because when they give their lives to Jesus, whole communities are impacted for the gospel. Um, and so as I share these stories, next Sunday you'll have an opportunity in your Sunday school classes to actually be praying specifically for some of the, the things um, that I've, I've been sharing um, and so, yeah, I hope you really lean into that and just know that your prayers um, are, are, they matter. Um, even Carmen tells me that the Naomi House families, they pray, and they, they know that people in the United States are praying, um, and they can tell the difference. And so I just, I praise Jesus uh, that he works like that. Uh, the next story I'm going to share is from Uganda. Danae Schmidt is a good friend of mine, also went to Tabor with her. And her and her husband, Kyle, they live in Uganda. They've been there just a little under two years. Uh, they were living in West Africa, and then they got reassigned to a new location. And so they're just learning what does life look like for them in Uganda. Uh, and I will say, it's not always easy, and I think you know that. Like, life in another country that's not your own, um, the culture's not your own, can be pretty exhausting. And you can even just wonder, God, what am I doing? Or how do I go about my day? Uh, and so I love that uh, Danae was just pretty uh, open and honor honest about uh, one of the days that she just didn't even really want to do what she knew she needed to do, but what it came down to was just show up, and God did the rest. So I'm going to read her story. Uh, Danae and Kyle, her husband, have only recently launched into ministry in Uganda, and she is still finding her way. Part of her role is to come alongside young women attending King's Kids School and to provide discipleship and mentoring to high school students living on campus. Some days I really don't want to go, Danae said. I would imagine driving across town on those rough roads, navigating tight spaces, trying not to hit motorcycles or pedestrians, all the while trying to avoid being hit by trucks myself. Sometimes it's hard to go to work. Even as she faithfully pushed through her reluctance to make the commute, Danae still faced the challenge of her own uncertainty. What's the plan today? She would wonder every day, what are the objectives? It was hard for her task-driven nature not knowing. Sure, I was leading a discovery Bible study during weekly chapel outside of those two hours. I had no concrete plans when I visited the school. I just showed up. Yet, as Danae continued to be faithful in her commitments, over time she began to realize that her simple obedience, being present, being available, was bearing fruit. One day I noticed a girl who was a bit of a loner. Because I had no concrete plans, I had to, time to spontaneously sit down to have lunch with her. She ended up telling me how she struggled with feeling angry and mean, but since coming to school and learning about Jesus, she no longer wanted to feel that way. She didn't want to bully others anymore. I encouraged her with some scriptures and found her hungry for the word of God. In the weeks since, a sweet relationship has formed between us. It has been such an honor to walk alongside her. As Danae continues to walk, agendaless, into whatever God works, God has prepared for her each day. She is experiencing more encounters like this one. I was once told that if I scheduled every moment of every day, I would never be available for the unexpected. 
God has been interrupting my task-driven, scheduling nature ever since. We will never know the amazing ministry opportunities God has for us until we create margin in our schedules and lives, take a step of faith, and just show up. Uh, and so as I think about you guys, I know many of you have opportunities to just show up and go and be present with people, uh, and that that does bear fruit. Uh, so I'm thankful for the ways in which Danae is doing that in Uganda, if it means just going to sit with a student at school, um, and that that is bearing fruit. Uh, the next story I'm going to share is about Peru, which is a place that's dear to my heart, and I think we have a video about that. Uh, this is a family. Uh, their names are Pablo and Maricela, and they're from California. They have three boys, middle school, high school age, and their family has just recently moved uh, to Peru. They live in a very rural community outside of Piura, which is where I lived, and like farming, I mean, it's desert, like there is not much there. Um, and God called them uh, to move their family over there. Uh, so it's just their, their call story. Um, and again, I hope it encourages you uh, just to think about, hmm, God, what are you doing? What are you calling me to? You might not be calling me to a place, but is there a people, is there a place, uh, maybe around here, that you're wanting me to step into? States were able to achieve the American dream. I mean, just think about it. Uh, I came to the United States not knowing the language, working in the fields at first, and then here I am. I achieved my education. I, I had a secure job being a teacher, serving in the church, having stability in that sense. And both of us, uh, my wife, she has her master's degree. And, uh, and to many, Hispanics, it looks like we're just throwing that away. My name is Maricela Dejar Chavez, and this is my husband, Pablo Chavez Lascaris. We have three sons, three boys. Um, Isaac is the oldest, he is 13. Uh, Joshua is 11, and Samuel, or someone as we call him, is 10 years old. I was born in, in, in Mexico, in the, in the uh, southern state of Guerrero, and I was born in a very rural community, very rural village. Uh, we call it a rancho in Spanish. At that time, there was no running water, no electricity, no cars, no toilets. The first time that I left the village, I think I was about seven, six or seven, living in, in that small village and then going to a huge city. That was kind of challenging. And then we went back to the village, and then after about a year, we then my dad decided to, to bring the family. And we came, and we came, we crossed the border undocumented. So my mom came with four kids. I grew up in a small community. It is the southern state of Oaxaca and Mexico. For me, being the oldest in my family, I was expected to be an example for my brothers, and I was expected to take care of them. And so people expected me to behave top of my class and to be always an example for society. But at the same time though, as far as my faith, I also experienced uh, God's love and mercy since I was a child. Most recently what I was doing, I was a therapist, associate marriage and family therapist. I was working with Fresno Pacific University. They have a program called on-site counseling, providing uh, therapy to children in schools. I was a math teacher and I taught at, um, in middle school. And uh, I understood that there was a God's, God's blessing. Our kids were in school doing very well. They were in 
Cub Scout and Boy Scouts and swimming and just different things. You were uh, part of Iglesia Don Pastor and so life was really good. We felt the invitation from God for more and to, to seek for more and more of what he wanted, not more of what we wanted. Maybe we wanted the bigger house, we wanted the, the newer car, the vacation, but the invitation was to consider for more of what God wanted. And we happened to meet Galen Weiss, who is a mobilizer for Multiply. And so he presented to us what Multiply is doing in uh, different parts of the world and uh, reaching out to, to people. It made sense to me. So this is, this is what we want to do, to be able to go and work alongside other people from a different country and to help them develop and uh, to, to get a, to a closer relationship with the Lord. So we decided that we were going to talk to our kids, then we were going to share with our parents. We wanted to make sure that we don't want to go by emotion or because of our emotions, but we also did said that we don't want to stay because we are afraid. Mm. And so we just wanted to make sure that the Lord was inviting us to this. And we asked people to speak into our lives and to pray for us. Estoy contenta, pero también estoy triste. Sí, me duele mucho mi corazón, pero no sé cuándo lo vuelva a ver yo a mi hijo, y a Mari, y a mi nieto, ¿verdad? Pero le doy gracias al Señor porque no va solo mi hijo. Y sé que, que en sus manos del Señor van a estar bien ellos. Entonces le dije, y cuando me dijo que así iban, le dije, ¿qué es lo que ustedes andan buscando? Parece, parece ser que no tienen contentamiento con lo que Dios les da. Oré que se hiciera la voluntad de Dios. Tanto está aquí como va a estar allá con ellos y, y que Dios los va a cuidar y los va a guardar. Y oré ya todo. Y ahorita nomás me queda dejarlos ir. So I think it's always the thought that the better future is here or only here. But I think that we understand that better doesn't necessarily mean economically, financially, but God has other betters for us, and that's what we're pursuing. We were invited by the Lord to go to Peru and do this mission, and that's not just us and the Peruvians, but the Lord, He wants to do something with our churches here as well. And so I came to an understanding that if I don't go and share what the Lord is doing in our lives, there, there are brothers and sisters here who are not going to be challenged, they're not going to grow in their faith and their relationship with the Lord. We are inviting people to be part of our team, to go with us. So it's, it's not just about us at Chavez, it's about the Peruvians and it's about our brothers and sisters here in the United States as well, our sending churches. Yeah, seeing that little abuela cry makes me cry. I think I've seen that several times, but just the way that she released her children to go. Um, I liked what Pablo said about it's not just them, it's not just about us, it's about us working together uh, in the U.S. and Peru uh, and finding ways um, to make his name known. How can we work alongside one another? 
so they're a very, yeah, dear family. Uh, they are making their way. Um, they've dealt with rats in their homes, cockroaches in their homes, and yet they are, are doing really well, and their boys are doing really well in school, and they're making a difference there. And so I'm looking forward to hearing more of how God is going to be at work uh, through the Chavez family. So you can remember to pray for them as, as well. Uh, one other story I wanted to share real quick. I know our time is really running out, but it's one that has probably impacted me the most because I can actually see this being lived out here uh, in, in our different communities here in the States. Um, but I was talking with Stacy Coons. She's one of my dear friends who's a missionary in Peru. And I was like, Stacy, is there something that, that I can share? I'm going to be sharing at Living Hope. Is there something I can share to encourage them um, or just ways that they can be uh, praying? Um, and she's like, yeah, I actually have a really neat story to share with you. Um, so she was sharing with me that there's a pastor couple, uh, their names are Saul and Isabel, and they have four children, and they live in one of these rural communities, uh, and God has really challenged them to live on mission there in their community. Um, so what they did over the last two years, Saul has trained and equipped his church to go and live on mission. So he's been training them in evangelism, prayer, discipleship, worship, and the importance of worship, and that it's not just about the songs that we sing, but our heart posture towards the Lord. So he's been training his team, and then this past October, the whole congregation was commissioned to go into communities around, uh, they live in a place called Alminante Grau, and to go in a 20-mile radius around that community and go find people of peace and, and uh, share Jesus with them. And that can look a variety of ways. So there was about seven groups that all went out into their uh, surrounding communities. They found people of peace in those communities. They built relationships with them. They had meals together. They went to their places of work. And he said, do not show up to church for the month of October. Actually, the doors were closed. They weren't allowed to come to church. They had to go and be the church in these communities. So take notes. Who knows? We'll see what happens here. Um, they were not allowed to come back for a whole month to their church. And at the end of that month, in November, they would all come back and they would report what God had been doing in those, in those, time, in those five weeks. Um, during that time, people came to know the Lord, baptisms were made or had, um, and the church exploded. So much so that these churches, actually, the people didn't want to come back and meet in the church. They wanted to start the, the, their own little groups. So there's this like massive movement of disciples making disciples. Um, he said some of the people have returned and churches going on, but some really felt called to stay in those communities and start like a cell group. Um, and he, and uh, as Stacy was talking with Saul, because she provides some leadership, uh, she, she asked him, so what was that like for you? Like, what have you learned through that? And this is what he said. Saul said, churches weren't meant to stay in their four walls. We were meant to be sent out to be messengers and weren't just called to come and sit on Sundays, but to participate, actually um, be called to action. Um, and I thought that was so good. I'm like, yes, there is a place for the meeting of people to come together to be encouraged, but there is, there is something to it. When you believe what Jesus has done for you, like you can't help but share that, and we need to be able to go out uh, and minister. And so then I was like, what would that look like for Living Hope? Like, what would that look like to go to a 20, 20 mile radius, to go to places like, um, I don't know, I don't even know what the towns are, but like where there really isn't a big, strong, like Christian or Jesus focus. Like, yes, there's people that know about God, but do they really have a relationship with him? 
Um, and so that just got me excited to think about what that, what that could look like. Um, and then I thought, you know, actually Living Hope has done some of that, like kind of living differently. And I had to think back to a time, it was like eight years ago, Luke and Joe, you're telling me about this time that your church, you made loaves of bread on, like during Sunday school and you went and passed them out to people in the community and you invited them to church. And the reason I know that worked is because Jane Jost, you made a really good banana loaf and you gave it to my husband, Colin, and he came to church that Sunday. So it works. Um, banana bread gets people in the doors. Um, so I was, I was actually so impacted by that that I, like when Colin and I moved to Hillsboro, we're like, what if we do that there? So we were, we were this is this, this fun how this kind of multiplied this story. Uh, so we were youth lead leaders at a church, uh, and we worked with the Sunday school class. And so we're like, you know what? We're going to have the youth do this. We're going to see what happens. So we made banana loaves one Saturday together. I think we did it a few Saturdays, actually. And we're like, you know what? We're going to go out, and we're going to start in one part of town. We're going to give out loaves of bread, and we're going to see what happens. And you can pray for the people, um, let them know that they're invited to church, and yeah, we'll go from there. So the guys went with Colin, I took a group of girls, and Colin went to a part where, of town uh, where there's like some trailer homes. He's like, we go up to one, he's like, I honestly didn't even think anybody lived there. Like, it was very run down, but he's like, you know what, we're going to go for it. So he gave the guys, you know, a good pup talk of like, all right, just go and just ring the doorbell and, you know, here you go. It's all you got to do, give them the loaf of bread. And uh, a guy comes up to the door, and he was looking pretty rough that day. I don't even think he had a shirt on, and uh, the guys were just like, uh, here's some banana bread for you. We want you to come to church. And uh, the guy, like, seriously looked at them and was like, you made me banana bread? And they're like, yeah, like, we made you banana bread, and we want you to come. And he was like, wow. Like, I mean, it just, like, something so simple. And I just keep going back to, like, the ways of Jesus are so simple, and sometimes we make them so complicated. Um, and it's just, like, the simple thing of, like, yeah, creating opportunities to go and love someone with a simple loaf of bread. Um, and so I just thought about that, and I was like, wow, like, yeah, Jesus, you're up to something in those moments, and it doesn't mean you need to have, like, a lot of um, education to do something like that. Like, look at the people who Jesus influenced um, that were everyday people that made disciples, and so, yeah, that was something that, um, yeah, really just, just touched my heart, and so thank you for creating that example, and I pray that the Lord continues to lead Living Hope in new ways of how do you reach your neighbors here and in the surrounding, um, yeah, York County. Um, the last story I'm going to share, sorry, we are like running low on time. I had to talk about Ukraine because a number of people asked me, you know, what is God doing in Ukraine? How are things uh, going there with the war? And so I thought it was definitely, I think there's a picture there, yeah, it was worth um, sharing because, yeah, a lot of us have, have heritage uh, in Ukraine, um, and it's just a way to keep it on our radar of ways that we can be praying for them, um, because they, yeah, they are still very much in it and being influenced by the war that's going on, so I um, just wanted to share um, some things that are going on there before we close our time. As our brothers and sisters in Ukraine near the two-year anniversary of this war, we see them living out the challenges of Romans 5-4, Suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. In December, our MB churches in this country worked tirelessly to bring Christmas cheer to the most vulnerable on the frontline areas. Teams distributed presents and the vital gift of pre presents to those with disabilities, so being with them. Living in boarding houses and especially to children. Pastor Alexei of the Heart of Church MB Church writes, Ukrainian children feel all the, gra the gravity of this war. 
They think of how much pain they saw, how scared they feel, and unfortunately, they are getting used to this. Our children are our future, and we must do everything we can to show them a better life. Children are also a high priority for the small arch MB church in Kiev, where Pastor Sergi tells of the great joy in giving smiles and presents to kids on Christmas. But the greatest joy is to tell them about the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Special efforts have been made to let soldiers who are defending Ukraine know that they are appreciated. These men, such as those stationed in uh, Chernobyl, Chernobyl, had no uh, opportunity to celebrate this season in safe, warm houses surrounded by loved ones. Teams reached out to bring the miracle of the incarnation into their hearts with tangible demonstrations of God's love. May God keep you and bless you, one pastor prayed for the troops. May he give uh, peace in your hearts and peace, peaceful skies over your heads. As God's people worked to keep hope alive, the brutality of this war continues. Alexei writes, there are not just destroyed villages and cities, these are destroyed destinies. Those whose lives have not been taken will bear pain until the end of their lives. The main thing is not, forget, is not to forget that, whatever our situation is now, nothing is impossible as long as we are alive. God is performing real miracles by giving us the strength to hold on. At New Hope Center in Zaporosha, staff and volunteers continue to minister to families who have lost everything. New Hope offers temporary accommodations, meals for the displaced, as well as for families of military personnel who are in the city caring for loved ones in hospitals. Opportunities to process trauma and find a measure of healing continue. With art therapy for children and adults, parent support groups every Tuesday and Thursday, individual counseling uh, consultations and group counseling. Director Max and Anya say, we are so grateful to those who help us fulfill this mission, including you who are reading this post. Thank you for your donations and thank you for your prayers. Pastor Oleski of the MB Church in uh, Dnipro and Molochansk tells us of the now fully functional retreat center in the Carpathian Mountains offering respite to traumatized families. Our Multiply House is the, uh, in the mountains is open. After months of construction work, the shipping containers have been transformed into furnished cozy homes surrounded by the beautiful landscapes that add incredible impressions and, and emotions. Families have already been here recovering and experiencing true rest in Jesus. We are thankful to teams from the MB churches who built all this with their own hands and to all of you in different ways who support our project. The war is, of course, not over. The needs are staggering, and healing will take more than one lifetime. Pray for those who live in constant danger, whose future has been stolen, whose hopes are being dashed, and that New Hope Church um, invites us to keep praying in earnest, uh, in earnest for perseverance to the end. Life is a precious, precious gift. If we pray to be able to look up at the sky again, not always at the ground in fear of taking new steps, we don't stop, even in the most hopeless, most desperate situation, situations. Relentlessly and persistently, we go on, step by step, even if each stay, step is very small. And so I just wanted to leave that with you, um, and just uh, so it's on the forefront of your mind, because it's definitely something that we can um, forget, or, you know, we're not there, um, but I think it's important that we continue to pray for our brothers and sisters there, 
um, and encourage them. I uh, spoke at uh, Hillsborough MB with the little kids one Sunday, and I actually had them write encouraging cards uh, for the people there. And so I wrote, had them write pictures, write verses that could encourage them. And then I took a picture of all of them, and then I sent them to some of our um, national leaders there. And they said that that was really encouraging to know that not only are people just praying, but there's like a verse and there's something tangible for them um, to hold on to. Um, so anyway, I hope that these, score, uh, these stories encouraged you, stirred something in your heart um, for something maybe more or different or uncomfortable and to pay attention to that. Um, I've learned that in the uncomfortability um, that it's usually the Holy Spirit that's inviting me to take a step of some kind. Um, and so if there's ways that you want to connect with us some more, I'll be here. Um, there's some information on the back table um, that you're welcome to take. Uh, but yeah, I just hope that you guys were encouraged but then challenged at the same time of what does it look like to live on mission here in Henderson and what is God inviting me to. So let me pray for you. Jesus, thank you for this time uh, to come and be with uh, my brothers and sisters here at Living Hope and the joy that they bring to me the joy that they are uh, to the people in this community and the ways in which they continue uh, to lift up uh, people around the world. Uh, I know that they uh, pray and they are people of prayer. Uh, and so I'm thankful because I know that those prayers are being heard and some of them are being answered. So Jesus, may you just uh, continue to encourage our hearts, but may you challenge us uh, to live maybe a little bit more outside of our four walls uh, and invite you uh, to help us think differently about how we see our neighbors, how we see our place of work, uh, because you have something to say about that, and you've placed us all uh, in strategic ways and places uh, to make your name known and to bring the kingdom. And so may we do that with obedience um, and know that your Holy Spirit will always guide our ways. Um, amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon. We hope you were enriched and encouraged. If you have any questions about Christ or church or would like more information, visit our website at livinghopehenderson.com or email me directly at luke at livinghopehenderson.com. We hope you have a fantastic week. Take care and God bless.